0: and welcome to Entrepreneur Lives. Today, we've got Wendy Whitecomb-Marsh, an award-winning author, sought-after speaker, autism expert, and CEO of Audit Autism Assessment and Services and Nationwide Group Practice. Wendy, welcome. How are you doing?
1: Thank you. Wonderful. It's good to be here, Barry. Thanks for having me.
0: Great. Tell us more about some of this great work you're doing. And of course, tell us more about you and your awards and everything about you.
1: Well, <clears throat> thanks. I guess I'll start. Uh, here, here's the, the the brief version. Yeah. Um, 20 years I grew up. 20 years I was a special ed teacher. The next 20 years I was a school psychologist and uh, behavior analyst, autism specialist. And then after 40 years in the schools, I retired. I thought um, I would move to Oregon and you know maybe write a book and yeah. maybe do a little consulting. Yeah. But that was in 2016. And now, I've written eight books and I have a, a, a national uh, a group practice, excuse me, uh, adult autism assessment and services. And I've, I've got uh, team members that, that work for me all across the country, helping people who think they might be autistic to get answers.
0: Wow, that's really good. And tell, let's delve in a little bit more to that. Tell me more, you know, deep into that autism and, you know, what, how it affects people and what type of people and what type of ages.
1: Okay. Well, you know, we used to think that autism was for children Mm -hmm. and that it was like a one in 10,000 thing. You would rarely see one. Back when I was teaching, uh, like in the seventies, eighties, I didn't think I that I ever saw any autistic students. Yeah. It turns out I probably did, but they were not uh, identified. They were not recognized for what the problem was.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And now we know that autism is a neurodevelopmental uh, condition, which Mm -hmm. means it's neuro, it's in the brain and developmental. It's been present since childhood, but we don't always recognize it when people are children. If they're able to observe others and kind of imitate them and figure out what's going on yeah it affects social communication a lot and also repetitive behaviors um but uh but the people who are more observant when yeah. they start school they're kind of going who are all these strange little people and yeah. they all seem to know how to play with each other but i don't understand what are the unwritten rules of the playground yeah. well they're unwritten um, so they watch and they imitate. And if people tell them don't do that when they're flapping, they'll do something different, something different. They might bite the insides of their cheek or clench their hands or jiggle their leg, okay. something that's not as obvious, but it's still a repetitive behavior. Right, okay. um, yeah. And many of these people, by the time they're adults, they have been masking, pretending to be normal, <laughs> typical.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then they realize other people are not working that hard. Other people never think about eye contact, so we don't have to have a system of, I'm going to look at your eyes for two seconds, and I'm going to look away for three seconds, and I'm going to look back, or I'm going to look at your glasses frames, because then I won't have to look at your eyeballs, which are creepy to look at somebody's eyeballs. You know, it's like, why would they do that? Whereas those of us in the majority, we never think about eye contact. We just look at people's eyes naturally. So they realize other people aren't working that hard, and they start to read about it, and... Autism comes up for them and they think maybe I'm autistic and that's where we can help.
0: And then what is it like for 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 somebody to identify that? So, um, you know, I always say that I'm definitely a little bit dyslexic. okay, but I've only realized that in about the last four or five years because I had a business for 33 years and I always say for 25 years, I was that busy. I didn't even know what I was coming or going, but certainly in the last five or six years, I've realized that, you know, sometimes I need to do things two or three times to, to actually get the hang of it. But, but what what does autism mean for somebody, you know, how can they identify that they may or may not have it? That's
1: a good question. Um, for some, it's realizing that, uh, that they have been pretending to be like other people instead of just naturally fitting in with crowds. Mm -hmm. They, they realize that all their life they've struggled to make friends and to keep friends, that they're misunderstood a lot. For some, they use language very literally. And, um, and they expect that other people will use language literally will say what they mean to me when they say, Mm -hmm. of course, in real life, there's a lot of subtext, there's a lot of sarcasm, where you say one thing and you mean another. So if you say oh that was really a smart thing to do they might think ah they're telling me that was a smart thing to do I'll keep doing that because yeah. the nonverbal cues are not registering for them only the words are registering
0: and what what why does that happen like if we go deeper into it what what is it that affects as somebody with autism compared to, I'm not going to say normal, someone normal, because nothing's normal, yeah. <laughs> but just somebody that lives in societies, let's say. What, what is the okay. difference and and how how does it affect, you know, the them compared to uh, the per se normal person?
1: Yeah, it is in the brain. Okay. It's a different neurotype, a neurological type. The way someone with ADHD has a slightly different brain. Someone with Down syndrome has a slightly different brain. Mm-hmm. A lot of us have, you know, th- all different kinds of brains. Most of us are in the neuromajority. Some people call it neurotypical, but really there's nothing wrong with having a different brain. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's just that it's different. Yeah. Um, Temple Grandin, who is a, a famous autistic uh, woman, uh, speaker and author and uh, professor, um, she she once said that Uh, if we didn't have autistic people, everybody would still be living in caves, sitting around chatting around the fire. It (laughs) takes somebody with autism to just get the job done, you know, to have that that laser focus, excuse me. And that's maybe not true for every autistic person, but a lot of uh, people with autism have a very strong ability to focus on one thing and just keep doing that and not get distracted by the social world (laughs) necessarily.
0: But sure. It's a, it's when it's a bit like what you just said there. Like when we look at the mind, you know, whether it's a rich man, a poor man, a beggar or a thief, they've all got the same minds, just different arrangements. So I, yeah. I assume, yeah, autism is just the same thing. It's just somebody that may not have something that somebody else has, or they do have it, but it's just in a different context.
1: Yeah. And like anyone, um, autistic people learn, we all learn. Yeah. Um, but, uh, The typical kids on the playground, um, nobody teaches them how to play with each other. An autistic child could learn that, um, but they don't automatically pick it up because that's not, their brain is not tuned to look for that. Their brain might be tuned to look and appreciate nature, you know, and to just pick up the sand of the playground and let it sift through their fingers and watch it fall and watch the patterns it makes. There's a lot of beauty in the world that most of us don't pay a lot of attention to.
0: Yeah, yeah. no, I I understand. Uh, And tell us then, what is it that I suppose for for somebody that has autism, what is it that they could do differently? Or what is it that, you know, somebody loved one or whatever can help them with to help them in a society be, you know, more again, I'm not going to even say the word normal, but just to live in society like everybody else.
1: Yeah. Um, And uh, many autistic people are living in society like everyone else. Mm -hmm. They're not in what I would call the neuromajority. So it can be harder because whenever the majority, of course, makes up the rules. And whenever you don't fit that, you have to work harder just to get by. Mm -hmm. Um, My own late husband and two of our three children were all late diagnosed with autism. We didn't know they were autistic. I was already working with autistic kids in the school. I had no idea that I lived with autistic people at home because Mm -hmm. they look different. Uh, a, A child who's severely affected by their autism and unable to mask and imitate other people um, looks different from an adult who has maybe seemed just quirky <laughs> their whole life.
0: Okay.
1: And uh, <clears throat> and now they're trying to fit in. They're, they're often, <clears throat> excuse me, they often feel like they're misunderstood. Like they say something and people take it the wrong way and say, oh, you're being so rude. And it's like, well, I didn't mean to be rude. Once they know that they have autism, they can then, if they choose to disclose that to someone, they can say, you know, <clears throat> I'm sorry, we're having a little allergy season here today. No um, but they can say, uh, you know, I'm the kind of person that if, if you, uh, if, that I'm, I'm socially awkward, I might say the wrong thing. I hope if I say something like that and hurt your feelings, you will tell me what I did wrong because I want to change. They may or may not use the words, I'm autistic, therefore, because some people still have ideas about that, where there might be a stigma attached. Mm -hmm. Just because I think there's nothing wrong with autism doesn't mean that the whole world thinks that. And you might say, you know, I'm autistic, and have people go, oh, no, I'm going to quit interacting with you. But would that
0: would that be um, in your opinion, uh, as the expert? Would that be somebody that's quite confident within themselves to be able to do that? Like, what w- what what percentage of, I suppose, autistic uh, people would would have the confidence to, you know, say to somebody, "Look, if, if I say something or do something, it's it's not intentional. It's because I have autism." You know, would there be a high percentage of people that be like that or c- that confident to be able to say it?
1: You know, I I haven't read any studies about the percentages of that. I think a lot of autistic people, it's a good question you brought up because many autistic people do not have high self-confidence because they've Mm -hmm. spent their lifetime getting rejected or Mm -hmm. having problems. And so then they're not, and it has to be important to them. Maybe they only want to disclose to their spouse or their parents or people that they're close to. Maybe they need accommodations at work, like being able to continue working at home after the pandemic. Mm-hmm. The pandemic, as horrible as it was, and we all agree that for many autistic people, the result of it, having to shelter at home and having to work from home was wonderful. It's like now nobody expects me to go out in public and go to parties and go to bars and yeah. and that kind of thing, which is not most, it's not of interest to most autistic people that I know. Um, they like to stay home. They like their comfort zone the familiar is very very comforting rather than something new and different so never throw a surprise birthday party for an autistic person would not you're welcome
0: (laughs) But, but i suppose that leads me to the the next question and that is what you know how can somebody help somebody that is autistic and knowing they're autistic but i suppose helping them in a way that you're not making it look like you're helping them you're just you know in accommodating to them in a way that's professional. And of course, you know, helping them in the background without them actually knowing.
1: You know, um, I think with with adults, you know, who are late diagnosed, who have not been like cared for their whole life, you know, and maybe never learned to use words to speak. But for the people that you would meet that are autistic, the late diagnosed people, um, I would not recommend trying to go behind their back to help them. Because um, I think that, you know, they're smart enough to know if somebody is, yeah. is doing that. Yeah. Um, but I would just say, be, be honest, uh, respect them and love them and believe them. I think the most important thing is to believe them. Yeah. If they say, I can't go in that restaurant because the, the height of the ceiling makes the clank of the silverware bounce back in such a way that it's painful to my ears. And don't say, oh, it's not so bad. We can go on there. That's, you know, The silverware clanking is no big deal. That's disrespectful. But if you say, okay, we're going to a different restaurant. Um, just respect them and believe them. If they say, I can't do that, don't try to talk them into doing that. Say, how can I help? What can we do instead? Um, and be willing to be flexible in situations where they might not be able to be flexible. It can be very helpful to just... Uh, take their lead if it's something that is really hard for them
0: yeah that's really good advice because again like um they are at the same as anybody else in anybody else's world and uh, yeah as I said there's lots of different quirky people quirky things and they're called sometimes called normal which there is no normal but you know everybody (laughs) has their way yeah so no really good advice there um and what is it then that I suppose you would encourage uh, others to uh, identify it, um, or how to identify, um, you know, like, say, autism or, or autistic in some way.
1: Um, yeah, uh, if, if you who are listening have thought you might be autistic, um, I want to encourage you to learn more about it, read more about it, and to understand that there's nothing wrong with you if you are autistic. It's not a It's not a weakness. It's not a deficit. It's just a difference. And it deserves respect. If you're a family member of someone that you think they might be autistic or they come to you and say, I think I'm autistic, don't say, oh, no, you're not autistic. You're fine. Or you don't look autistic. That's a little insulting. What does autism look like? Yeah. I I have a confession. When my oldest child was uh, about eight, Mm -hmm. they read a Reader's Digest article about autism and came and said, (laughs) To my husband and I, I, I'm autistic. I read about it, and that's me. And we said, "Oh no, you're not autistic. Honey. That's not you."
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. So, um, so yeah. if, if uh, I believed them, that would have been a better choice.
0: But, but you could understand that because I suppose that's what parents do. You know, like, it's like somebody saying, you know, like, I'm not confident. Of course you're confident. You know, like that's, as parents, that's the advice we give to children. But I suppose we don't, you know, we see the good in everything when it comes to our children. We don't see the bad. So, you know, it tends to be something that doesn't get noticed. Maybe the child in this case did notice it or identified it, but it just wasn't noticeable to to you at the time.
1: Yeah. And um, also we have had a... Uh a lifetime of thinking of it in terms of there's nothing wrong with you. Mm-hmm. You're not autistic, meaning uh, there's something wrong with autism. It's like autism is uh, bad. Yeah. And there are there are places online that will make it out like it's a tragedy. Oh, the poor parents who have this autistic child. It's so terrible. It's not a tragedy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've got two. And it is not a tragedy to have autistic children. They're just children, you know. Oh. And um, so to not say as I did, oh, there's nothing wrong with you, you're not autistic, is to say, now, if you find out you are autistic, that means there is something wrong with you. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, just listen and say, oh, you know, what, what makes you think that? Let's find out more about that.
0: And then some of the good work that you're doing, and, you know, the background and stuff, what, what can in the event that somebody established that, first of all, they may think they're autistic, or even if they are autistic, you know, what can they do and how, you know, how can they better um, have better results or better, uh, you know, themselves? What, what, what can you offer?
1: Well, if they come to our website, um, the, the contact, there's always a contact page on a website that will take you to Megan, my marvelous practice manager. We love Megan. My, Megan is wonderful. And Megan will um, get some information from you and find out which of our team members is the right person for you. They have to be in your state or licensed in your state. But then we'll give you a free consultation. And that's like a full half hour where you get to do the Zoom because we're all online. You get to Zoom with your person who would be doing your assessment and find out um, if it's a good match, if you're comfortable with that person. We want you to be comfortable with us. Um, And that means you get to be in your home. You can have a blanket around you if you want. You can have your pets, your stuffed animals. Um, That's okay. Uh, And if you want to stim, you know, it's like, do what you want to do. A lot of my staff members are autistic themselves. So they really have good insight. They understand it completely. And we're not here to be gatekeepers, to say, well, you have some things that seem like you're autistic, but we're going to say you're not because you didn't have this other thing or be, you know, because you masked so well, you forced yourself to look at my eyes, therefore you can't be autistic. Um, we're, we're not the gatekeepers. Um, we will do a full assessment. And we will believe you when you tell us your experience and, uh, and not try to discount it because you know yourself better than anyone else does. Mm-hmm. We also have counselors and we have life coaches. Um, that's uh, I think our most affordable option. And a life coach, our life coaches, I guess legally anybody can say they're a life coach, but we hire people who have a master's degree and a background in psychology mm-hmm. um, to be life coaches, and they'll just you know come along time ta- alongside you if you have problems with time management, as many people do, yeah. or uh, you want a dating life coach, uh, whatever it is that you need, we've got somebody who can help you.
0: Very good. And is there anywhere where somebody can go? So, like, say they they're not confident enough to reach out to you, like just just for informational purposes, you know, where they can read something or just learn more about it.
1: I have a lot of blog posts about it on my website, and there's some videos on there. My other website, Wendellofwickhammarsh dot com, is um that's all about my books, and I've got uh a. Uh, One of my books is Recognizing Autism in Women and Girls, because it looks different in women than it does in men. And then I'm just finishing up a series called Adulting While Autistic. It's got independent living while autistic, dating while autistic, relating for couples who are autistic, and parenting while autistic. That comes out December 5th. There's a lot of books for parents who have autistic children, but there aren't books for parents who are autistic right. um, and their parenting. So, um, so I'm excited to have that one come out.
0: Fantastic. We now, look forward to that, yeah. I'm sorry, what? It's fantastic. We look forward to that.
1: Oh, thank you. And uh, really, you can ask your library uh, if they have my books, because I'm not here trying to get you to pay money. I want you to get your needs met. So if you can get my books at the library, that makes me happy. You know, check it out.
0: Fantastic. Uh, Wendy, it's been a pleasure. It's so insightful to find out so much information about, you know, autism and different age groups and stuff like that. You know, tell us again where uh, people can reach out to you directly then.
1: Yes. Um, uh, My email is Dr. Wendy, D-R-W-E-N-D-Y at com. And that's all one word, adult autism assessment. Um, my, my doctorate, I'm not a clinical psychologist. I, I hire some, <laughs> but um, I have a religious studies doctorate in pastoral counseling with an emphasis on counseling uh, those affected by autism. So um, that's where I'm coming from. But the people that I have hired are licensed in uh, the states, hopefully the state where, where you live. But if you want to get me personally, it's Dr. Wendy at adultautismassessment.com. If you go on the website, uh, the contact, Megan, will help you.
0: Fantastic, Wendy. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much.
1: Oh, thank you. It was wonderful to meet you, Barry.